We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What? You guys come in that game in that first quarter and you're down big. And is it kind of just like... We just gotta make start just making good plays here like right away. With what, what's kind of the mindset for these second unit when you come in there? Uh really just not look at the scoreboard, you know, just take it play by play and just uh chip away at it uh, one play at a time. Um, you close, which is very you haven't done that very Yanni Golem, what's going on, Yanni? Hey John. I claim this is the best win of the season. Team we can't beat, superstar. Nick Killers, and with our bench, team looking better without RJ. Oh, how many super chats was it? How many was it until we got to the inevitable? <laughs> the team looks better without RJ. I don't want to. I don't want to do that. Um, I mean, we we have to do it, right? We have to talk about it, I guess. <sighs> Let me answer your question. About whether I think this is the best game. You know, I know you're not asking me. You're just claiming. Well, I'll, I'll save the RJ talk maybe for a little bit later. Was it the best win of the season? Um, I think. I have to say, I, I think the. I think the Cleveland game. I think the most recent Cleveland game might have been the, the best. Um, although, man, the Miami game, too. I don't know, though. I'm just I'm trying to put myself back because, like, the last Cleveland win was coming off the four game losing streak. And they lost to Toronto in just heartbreaking fashion and if remember the feeling at the time we looked at the upcoming schedule we looked at the upcoming schedule and we were like where are they going to get any more wins from when is this team going to win another game and for them to beat that cleveland team on a night that cleveland played pretty well and all their guys were all healthy like that was that was a stabilizer and then the boston game and then the miami game and then the sixer game <clears throat> i mean I don't think it's here's here's what I'll say. I don't think it's wild to say that four of their best five wins of the season have come in the last however many days it's been since in the last two weeks, essentially in the last 12 days with the other win that I would put up um, with that being the 
first Cleveland win after the Dallas, the Dallas game. Um, <laughs> enjoy the last of us, uh, Andrew. Uh, yeah. So that's what I would say. That's what I would say Four of the best five wins of the year. Last 12 days. Thanks Yanni for making me think about that. Appreciate it as always. Andrew Palladino, best win of the season for a multitude of reasons. We got another one. No RJ, no Mitch. Do serve the comments about his offense and has played his role well. Evan, it's a lot of reasons. Let's go through it. Back to back. Coming off as bad a heartbreak as you'll ever have. Down 21 in the first quarter. Guy getting off the bench, being probably the best player of the game. Didn't know he was playing until a minute before tip-off, probably. And going up against a team you never beat, maybe that has the MVP on it. You know what? This might have been the best win season. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) That's wild. That's wild stuff. That is wild stuff. Great stuff. Thank you guys for for pointing this out. Kevin Danishevsky, what's going on? Kevin, generally not a big fan of will and heart talk in pro sports, but man, this freaking team, uh, Evan Fournier, what a pro. Isaiah Hardenstein is my player of the game. uh, Jalen Brunson as a replacement. Yeah, we haven't brought that up yet tonight. So Kyrie Irving uh, is off to uh, go solve uh, the murder of JFK. I wish him luck in that pursuit. As for all-star replacements, I mean, Jalen Brunson outplayed James Harden tonight. You know, I mean, if we're considering both sides of the floor, I know James Harden had a million assists, but like Jalen Brunson was a better player tonight. He's coming off of, I, um, I tweeted this out earlier today. First Nick ever with at least, let me make sure I got this right, above 40 points um, on less than 20 shots with at least seven assists and one or fewer turnovers. It only happened, only seven guys in the history of the sport had done that before Jalen Brunson did it last night. Um, and it's guys, I've tried to remember the exact list. I think it's Michael Jordan, Carl Malone, Adrian Dantley did it twice. Uh, Bradley Beal, Kemba Walker. And I think I'm missing one guy, but like pretty good list. <laughs> pretty good list. Uh, he joined that, that, that club um, with his game against the Clippers. And then he had, I, again, I thought, you know, the Sixers couldn't guard him tonight and they eventually needed to double. So I thought he had another good game tonight. If the league is looking at like, who do we make the replacement? And like, you know, the Knicks won again, that helps. Um, and they won Thursday when the all-stars were announced. That helps. I, I think it'll probably come down to <laughs> if I had to guess, my gut feeling tells me it's gonna come down to him or Siakam. They could put Siakam on as a wild card, I think, pretty sure. Um, I hope so. Be really cool for him. That'd be really, really cool. So yeah, I hope so. Um, thanks, Kevin. Appreciate it. Kenny Rose, Deuce. 
always in the plays with zest. Love this team. That's why you wanted to just make enough shots, right? If he just makes enough shots, like there's so many players that the, the conversation with the players is like multifaceted and you have to worry about this thing and that thing. Like Julius Randle, Julius Randle's a freaking all-star. And the conversation around him in terms of like, should they continue to build around him or should they trade him while his value is high and this and that? It's so it's so complicated. With Deuce, it's really simple. If the dude hits his shots, he's a he's a rotation player for as long as he wants to be here, you know, and because um, he really does play with that zest. Good stuff, Kenny. Appreciate that. Hamdi M with another one. John, did you have two and two? I wasn't going to bring it up. I did. I did. I did have two and two. Take that, Jeremy Cohen. That's your words, not mine. Um, <clears throat> I believe that's all tied up. We are all tied up with 20 some odd games to go. It's going to be fun down the stretch. We got three game week too. So I, th- right. Three game week. I'm pretty sure I didn't misspeak there. Uh, yeah. Orlando, Philly, Utah, three game week. So, but it's still gonna be a tough decision for me. Right. I mean, two, two and one is the smart is the easy, it's the easy pick two and one force Jeremy to either take one and two or, um, or, or three and oh, um, I think he would take one and two. This is, is going to be hard. This is not going to be easy. Utah is still fighting and it's after the trade deadline. So maybe they trade some of their guys. Um, Orlando has been playing exceptional ball lately. And then now we have to go back to Philly in a couple of days. So, you know, one and two is on the table. Um, it's not going to be easy, but uh, I will, I will, I will take this victory and I will cherish it. Thank you for bringing it up, Hamdi. Mark Sable, what's going on, Mark? Andrew loves to mention heat culture, but you don't get performances out of Fournier, iHeart, and Deuce unless you're doing something right. I think Nick's culture is pretty good. I think Nick's culture is pretty good. Um, I just hope they can keep it going. I, I like, <clears throat> I want to, I want to sit here and I want to, I want to really believe that this is here to stay, that it's permanent. I think the only, I think the only culture in the NBA that, that truly lasts is where you have situations like San Antonio, when Duncan and like, you got to have all three, right? Actually, excuse me. You got to have all four. You got to have the ownership that stays out of it. You got to have the front office that knows that like knows what they're doing and doesn't meddle and like trust people and set sets up a culture of trust, accountability, but trust. You got to have a coach that knows what they're doing. And then you got to have that very rare star player that no matter what anybody, whatever's happening, it's like, it's okay, guys. And you could really like in terms of the cultures that last, the cultures that are real, you could count them on one hand over the last 20 years. Um, I think the Knicks have some really nice pieces in place. And I think getting Brunson was big. I'm obviously a a fan of what Tom Thibodeau does for the culture. Uh, Others would disagree and that's fair. Um, And look, we, we haven't always been kind to him. Leon Rose set this thing up. He put everybody in place. 
put everybody in their spots. And he did it in a way that was kind of weird and wacky, which it's like, okay, we'll hire the head coach we want, but we're going to make him, we're going to give him a few assistants that we like. And the moves haven't always been good and it hasn't always been smooth sailing, but they've done enough right. They've done enough right. So credit to them for that. Credit to the organization, um, the whole thing. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Sam, oh, this can't be real. Sam Garcia's roommate. Hi, KFS. It seems like when the Knicks actually try on defense, they can be good. Jalen Brunson's such a smart player on both ends of the floor. You know what? I like, I don't. Thank you, Sam Garcia's roommate, and to the whole Garcia clan. <clears throat> and if any of Gar- Sam Garcia's extended like third cousins or like pen pals or I don't know anybody who's ever known Sam Garcia. If you're watching, shout out to you too. Um, I think they always try on defense. Are there nights where we watch them and like, they don't maybe have that extra, extra gear. Sure. And I think for the most part, they, even over the last few weeks, like they know what they're supposed to do. But I do think that there are execution issues. And it's like, again, we've talked, I feel like I've talked about this so much over the last few years with the Tibbs defense. It's not that you have to be perfect, but the effort, but both the effort and the execution, both need to be at such a high level. And you could say, like, well, like, isn't that like, can you run any defensive scheme and have that be true? The thing about a Tibbs defensive scheme, which I've always admired and I appreciate is the fact that if you execute at a high level and you give effort at a high level, you can plug, can't plug just anyone in. As we've seen, Mitch Robinson goes out. It's not the same. Kemba Walker goes in. It's not the same, but it's a really good defense for minimizing the weaknesses of like in between defenders, you know, um, it really does require a rim protector that helps a lot. And again, Isaiah Hardenstein playing better now getting the hitting the defensive glass. Now that, that matters a lot, but yeah, no, they, they've, they've tried. They've definitely tried they tried their ass off tonight. They've been trying their ass off for a little while now. Credit to them. Thank you, Sam Garcia's roommate. Larry Robinson, thank you for the contribution. If you have a uh, chat, um, put it in, and Justin maybe can take a look at that and and get it in. But, uh, yeah, Sam Garcia. This can't be real. Sam Garcia's other roommate. This This is a great bit. Fournier games are electric when he goes off. Yes, they are, Sam Garcia's other roommate. This is... This is just quality content right here. The, the, the Garcia clan has taken over the next film school postgame show. And I, for one, am here for it. Are we going to have another Garcia? No, this is not Garcia. Jeff Smith. Last two days show grit. Can't predict losses. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. It shows a lot of grit. And I can't wait to see where they go from here, which is why I want to get a little greedy now. I want to go into the all-star break maybe two games over 500 
Can we get two more? Two more. I know I've always said I just need five. Now I want two. Now I want two of the following five games at Orlando, at Philly, home Utah, home Brooklyn, at Atlanta. I mean, shit. You look at that. And you're like, I know Orlando's playing great. I'm not going into Orlando expecting to lose. You know, you feel like you get that win. Um, And then Utah at home, Brooklyn at home. Brooklyn's not going to have Kevin Durant. They're not going to have, obviously, not going to have Kyrie Irving. Now, that's not an automatic win. They got Dinwiddie back. Dinwiddie's a good player. They have a lot of good role players. Like, if the Knicks just go, you know, expect to show up and just kind of lollygag their way to a win, they're not going to get a win. But, like... Guys, fuck, win that fucking game. Win that game and win one of Orlando and Utah. And I'm not even going to ask for anything else. There's your two and three. And there's your there's your finishing um, the first half of the season, two games above 500. That's all I want. Thanks, Jeff Smith. Drew P, eight of nine rotation players aren't even in their prime. Um. Who is the one that is in their prime? I guess Julius Randle, right? Um, I think you could argue Brunson's in his prime. Probably. You could probably argue Brunson's. But I do I think he will be better a couple of years from now than he is right now? Absolutely. So I think that's a fair argument. Team's trending in the right direction. Team's absolutely trending in the right direction. I think I hear my wife, who was awoken from her slumber. <laughs> Uh, you missed a hell of a game. Oh, yeah, they won. <laughs> Dom Gabacchini. Yo, John, two and two. Congrats. Thank you. Isaiah Hartenstein brought the <clears throat> brought that dog. Woof, woof. He is who we thought we signed about making that trade to bolster the bench. LOL. Yeah. Can we not? <laughs> can we not say we did? <laughs> like. Here's the thing, like, you know, Malik Beasley, again, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know everything about Malik Beasley and I know everything about Jared Vanderbilt. I know what their outlines are as a player. Malik Beasley, not a great defender. Um, You know, can he hold his own on defense? Maybe a little bit. I I would have to see him in this scheme. Puts up a million threes. Doesn't really do that much else on the offensive end. For a guy that hits as many threes at, at, as frequently as he does, his overall efficiency is not where you'd want it to be. But like the ability to make threes at that rate is a real threat. Now, you watch 48 tonight and you're like, all of a sudden, like, well, wait a minute, hold on. This guy could hit some threes at a pretty good rate. It's a pretty high degree of difficulty threes. So there's that part of it. And then you got the OB Vanderbilt part where it's like, you know, the thing that OB does, which has become when they're going well, it's become a sneaky big part of this team is hit threes. And Jared Vanderbilt has 19 threes this year. You know, he hits a corner three, like every second to third game. Um, Energy, big, good defensive, big, you know, the whole thing, but like their defense on the bench is fine. Like their defense doesn't struggle off the bench. So like, I've, I've kind of gone back and forth on that. It's a trade that when I heard it, like I didn't hate it. I wasn't like, oh my God, I'm going to be apoplectic if they make that trade. But I also didn't really love it. And I think I love it less and less the more I think about it. So I hope they don't make it. Thanks, Dom. Good 
Good old Dev. Oh, you know what? Good old Dev. I think I saw a uh, a Discord thing pop up on my screen saying that you you screwed up your first super chat or something. Let me go and I'll I'll give a <clears throat> I'll I'll give a, a look and see if I could find. Is it the walls of Jericho arise? Is that what you wanted to say? That's a pretty good one. The walls of Jericho do rise. I like that a lot. If it's something else, put it in the chat and, and Justin will get it in here. Thanks. Good old Dev. And thanks for being a patron. Uh, Maple Maxo. What's going on, Maple Maxo? Do you see any available player this deadline that can make the Knicks a contender or a conference finalist? No matter the trade, the second round is the ceiling. Um, I Again, I still don't expect this team to get out of the first round, but that's fine. I don't I don't mind that. I That's where this team is right now in their in their you know, their process. That, that's totally fine. Do I see a, a, an available player that could get them to a conference final? And you say no matter the trade. I think I think what you mean by that is like there you're implying basically that there is no trade that could get them to a conference finals appearance. I would agree with that. Um like just again, they're not going to do this, right? They're not going to do this. But like it, well, no, no, I don't see it. I was going to say some names. No, I don't see it. I don't see it, and that's fine. It's totally fine. Thanks, Maple Maxo. Appreciate it. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenbloom.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. 
Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Will Oliver, what's going on, Will? Great to hear from you, man. Uh, Earlier today, oh no, this isn't good. (sighs) Earlier today, my grandma passed away. She took me to my first ever Nick game over 23 years ago. Um, I cried and cheered watching Evan drain those threes. God, did I need that win. That is the power of sports. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really sorry to hear that, Will. Um, Hope you're okay. And I'm glad they got the win for you. And uh, you are loved. You are loved by Knicks Nation. And I hope that does something for you right now. I can't imagine it does much. But, and uh, shout out to your grandmother, wherever she may be. And shout out to her for making you a Knicks fan. So we wear it like a badge of honor. And I am. I'm happy that I'm one and I'm, I'm happy it was brought down to me for my, both my dad and my, and my stepdad helped pass it on to my daughter. And who knows, maybe I'll pass it on to my grandkids someday. We'll see. But, uh, that's a great story and thank you for sharing. And I hope you're okay, man. Reach out if you need anything, please. Uh, Matt Smith, what's going on, Matt? How are you? Any calls for this coach? Need to be gone. He has the he has his icks. <laughs> I can't tell if you meant to write ticks. Uh, icks is fine, but the good is outweighing the bad uh, tenfold right now. I don't know about tenfold. I'm the biggest Tibbs supporter in the world. I don't know about tenfold, but I do agree that the good outweighs the bad for sure. There is this is no knock on RJ, but the starting lineup is so much better with shooting. So RJ can shoot. He has shot right at different times over the years. We've seen him shoot this year be very effective as a shooter. Um, I think it's, I want to say it's, it's, it's the defense and it's the ball movement. um, That makes the big difference. But at the same time, I'm thinking to how uh, I think it was, this might've been on our text thread, but like Benji was pointing out correctly, obviously, because he is never wrong. How Emmanuel quickly is used when he's with alongside, um, well, basically when he's taking RJ's place in the starting lineup. I, oh, he pointed out on Twitter, actually, now that I think about it. It's just like he doesn't really touch the ball enough. And like, 
it's I do agree it looks better at times when quickly's in there. Um I'm still not willing to say that like it is 100% something I'm sure about. I I do I think it's an interesting conversation to have though. I really do. I think it's just it's also tough because again, you you you're projecting out and you're talking about what to do with this player who is 22 years old and you just signed to an extension that hasn't even started yet and you're making these decisions based on what a top two that you know are not going to be your top two if you're contending. So like it's, re- it's a, it's a real tough conversation. Cause you're, cause then you, it's not like you go like, well, you know, maybe take RJ off the bench now. And then you put it back into the starting lineup at like a later time. Like it doesn't, doesn't work like that. I feel like with the way they've, you know, built him up. Um, it's, it, it, it's tricky. I don't want to say it's tough. It's tricky. Um, but we'll, we'll see what they do. I, I appreciate the comment, uh, very much so though. Thanks, Matt. Mike Jameson. What's going on, Mike? Easy to be positive when we win reminder, when we lose, it's still a good team. Great comment, Mike. Appreciate that. Also, when we have Malik Beasley, also we have Malik Beasley. He's just white, bald and French. Hashtag no trade. Oh my God. Now you're making me want a croissant again. I wanted a croissant last night. I want a croissant again. Um, I want a croissant again tonight. I I think there are, again, I'm not the right person to talk to about this because I have not watched enough Malik Beasley. I don't want to pretend that I've watched enough Malik Beasley to really speak definitively on what he is and what he is not. I think he has a little bit more by way of like, I don't know, ball skills. Um, I mean, the dude put up 20 a game for Minnesota a couple of years ago. Now, granted, Evan put up around 20 a game for Orlando in a role where that was actually in a role where he had the ball more. Beasley was doing it in more of an off ball role, but he also was did get the chance to create a little bit. I don't know. I Look, the fact that we're picking nits and parsing hairs here, I think, says all you need to say, which is that there is not enough of an appreciable upgrade to give up potentially as has been reported a first, a protected first round pick to say nothing of Obi Toppin, you know, is the trade really more about Jared Vanderbilt for them? I don't know. I, I, I hope not. Thanks Mike. Sheldon Gomes, what's going on, Sheldon? I spewed filthy hatred at Fournier, the basketball player, but he's a great teammate, and I'm happy when he gives us reasons to cheer him on the court. Um, everything I've um, heard and been told uh, from the people who are on the inside and have been kind enough to share some knowledge with me is that Evan Fournier is an A-plus guy. Absolutely fantastic human being, incredible teammate, just a good dude, just like a, just a good guy, interesting guy, fun guy, nice guy. Like it hasn't worked out for him here on the basketball court, but like it, like this is one of those nights where like you say it couldn't have happened to a better guy, and you mean it. That's Evan Fournier. Thank you, Sheldon. Appreciate it. Matt Smith with another one. Appreciate the generosity, Matt. Truly. 
um, including Andrew in on this year. <clears throat> Man, Andrew's going. Andrew's off watching the the the, the rest of us or the the last of us. Justin, if you want to pop on, feel free to take the place of Andrew. I'd love to have you for this question. No pressure. Um, let's hear your guys' realistic, absolutely best case deadline scenario. Okay. Your expected deadline scenario. Okay. And your absolutely worst case deadline scenario. <laughs> My God. I could be here for a half an hour talking about this. All right. Let me try to make it quick. Um. <clears throat> Well, my best case deadline scenario. I'm trying to think how ambitious I want to get here. Honestly, I have if I'm going to be genuine, Matt. I don't think you want me to lie. I don't think. Any of the key pieces of this team are at the point where there is even a semi-realistic trade that I think will be available to them that makes sense for them. Um, the only trepidation I have saying that involves Obi Toppin. Like, is there a deal out there for a team? And again, I like Obi. I want to keep Obi. But is there a deal out there for a team that like just like really, really, really over like is valuing Obi Toppin a lot and is willing to give you a lot for him? Um I don't know. Um my inclination is to say no. So my best case deadline is they get the best possible thing they can for Cam. Um, you know, get a good second round pick for a veteran who could maybe pop in and play some play some games. Maybe my expected deadline scenario is the one I just named. I think they will trade Cam for probably not much. Get get back a second round pick. Maybe a guy who could give you some rotation minutes if absolutely necessary. Um. And then absolute worst case trade dead scenario, trade deadline scenario. Oh boy. Um, again, within the bounds of reason. They trade Emmanuel quickly. That would be worth they 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 and I'll be more specific. They include Emmanuel quickly in a trade for OG Ananobi. That would be my worst case deadline scenario. Because it's not just going to be quickly, it's going to be other stuff too. That would be my worst case. Um, on that note, I'm doing this probably a little while after Andrew wanted me to, but, um, for anybody watching that is going to be around during lunchtime, um, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So obviously Jeremy and I have our trade deadline live stream that we are doing, uh, Thursday, I think one to Three, it might be, yeah, one to three sounds right. Maybe it's one to four. I don't know. Two, but whatever. Most of the day on Thursday, most of the early afternoon, we'll be on. I am also going to be on, going on live, just me, um, tomorrow, Tuesday, and Wednesday, sometime around noon. I'm still trying to figure out the exact time. And the goal of this is going to be just to do a little news and rumors recap. 
um, kind of set the stage for where the Knicks are at, if they've been mentioned anything, what they might be thinking, obviously react to any rumors. And if any trades go down to talk about the trades in the moment, um, if you can't uh, be in front of a, you know, tell screen, laptop screen, phone or whatever around lunchtime, again, uh, stay tuned for updates that we sent out on Twitter. Um, it'll be uploaded as a podcast and you can watch it. You know, it'll be there in the YouTube video as well. So yeah, check me out the next three days. I'm going to do all three days uh, around lunchtime and uh, hopefully we'll have some fun with that. Okay, that's the announcement. Next Super Chat. Good old Dev. Here we go. Shout out to Hart and Sims for taking Goliath down. That was a good one. I like that. That's better than the wall of Sims or whatever it was. Yeah, Embiid is Goliath, man. That just that dude's that dude's unfair. I mean, the fact that he's automatic from like 14 feet. Just really tough. Really tough. I can't believe we won that game. We're an hour and a half after the game, and I can't believe we won the freaking game. Thank you, good old Dev. Fritz Marty Jr., what's going on, Fritz? Thank you for the generous contribution and for uh, some super chats. Really generous uh, back-to-back nights. Thank you. No comments from me tonight because none needed. Just supporting you. Man. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Truly, thank you. Appreciate you, Fritz. Zach uh, Horowitz with another one. iHeart is fearless. That block. You know, it's funny you bring it up. Um, I'll read the rest of your comment. Julius Randle, big board on Joel. I, I know the one you're talking about. So the block that Zach is referencing, I'm fairly certain, came with 920 left in the fourth quarter. Uh, Cause I marked it down as a possible play of the game entry and I didn't end up including it in my play of the game uh, or moment of the game uh, contenders. It was a great block. It was a great block. And outside of the end of the um, Cleveland game, uh, I think it was the best block he's had all year. It was do. Did I get the time wrong? Oh no. It was on shake Milton. That's right. It was on Shake Milton, and the Knicks had just tied up the game. That's right. They had just tied up the game, so it was really, really neck and neck. And after that block, um, they came down and they got a uh, Obi Toppin drew a foul and gave the Knicks a lead that I'm pretty sure they never relinquish. So one of the biggest defense plays of the game. And I, yes, I know the Julius Randle rebound you're talking about. I, I didn't write down the time or the situation, but big rebound for him. Thanks, Zach. D Black, what's going on, D Black? Twinkies, Roaches, and this fucking team. <laughs> See, I'm not so old and such a loser that I don't know what sort of roaches you're talking about. Thank God for that. I can go for a Twinkie right now. I don't know about the other thing. I can go for a Twinkie. Um, love the fight. Love what Deuce is becoming. I love Evan staying ready. However, I hate Julius getting passes at half court with under a minute to play. <laughs> Hashtag brought it back. I, w- I do want to go back and rewatch um, the, the the play you're talking about because it was. Did Randall throw the pass that got tipped and got intercepted? I think it was. Look, everybody has their strengths in life. Julius Randall has many strengths. 
it just so happens that one of them is not being near a basketball in an open court in the last like 90 seconds of a very close game. And that's fine. Thank you, D Black. Appreciate you. Rob Deluzma. Sub JM and our man Andrew and Justin. Great win. And you know what's up, fellas? We need a new head coach. There's always got to be a few, right? There's always got to be a few. I love you, Rob. It's okay. Stay true to yourself. Um, Stevens Giame. What's going on, Stevens? <clears throat> Feels good to get this win after last night's overtime loss. Two and two for the week. I'll take it. Uh, as will I. As will I. We do a little stats update. Um, I think it's been long enough. Let's see if we're updated here. We are updated. The New York Knicks, after falling out of the top 10 in net rating for, um, they, I think they were down to 11th or 12th earlier today. They are back in 10th, a little bit behind the Pelicans, and 0.1 points per 100 possessions ahead of the Suns, Jazz, and Thunder, who are in a three-way time at, tie at plus 1.4 per 100. The Knicks are in 10th at plus 1.5 per 100. New York has the league's eighth ranked offense, one spot behind the Philadelphia 76ers. And they are up to 16th in defense in a virtual tie with the Warriors and um, one point per hundred behind the Nuggets. So they're in a they're in a group of like roughly the same caliber of defensive teams in spots 14 through 17 right now. Got to get better at that. Mitchell Hope. Thanks, Stevens. Sean Ford. What's going on, Sean? Great to hear from you. Um, major props to Evan Fournier tonight. Deuce and Hart, too. But, man, Evan has really shown something. Making me rethink trade ideas. Should he be in the rotation? It's funny. We've, we're an hour and a half into this thing almost. And the first person that's uh, directly asked that. I was trying to avoid the question. No such luck, huh? Um, <clears throat> the, you know the I think the nine man rotation has given both good it's they've they've had they've benefited from the nine man rotation because there's a little bit more continuity for sure. There's a little bit more continuity. Um, it breaks up the starting five. I think that's maybe the biggest thing because like, as we talk about all the time, the top three don't necessarily play great together. So it gives, whether it's RJ a chance to run with the bench, whether it gives Jalen Brunson a chance to, to run with the bench. Um, Julius at times, as he did tonight, uh, run with the bench. I think all those things are good and important. Staggering is good. Staggering is important. They also were playing guys a lot of minutes. Oh. I. Hmm. My my uh, my honest answer, my inclination is to say no, Sean, but I, I say that and the words come out and I'm like, man, it can't be that simple. And then I go back to like, is there a world where we can maintain the same level of continuity and um, 
Because again, we can't take this lightly. This team has been by net rating and record one of the better teams in the league since they went to a nine-man rotation. So we can't just toss it out as like, eh, it's not a big deal. Like it clearly is a contributing factor to what they're doing well. It's a matter of do you want to tinker with it? And I don't I, I don't envy their decision making process. Um my inclination again is to say no just because I can't figure a way to do it right now and have it make sense. Maybe I'll sit down with a pen and paper tomorrow and try to figure it out. Uh, right now, I, I I have to say no begrudgingly. Thanks, Sean. That's a, thank you for that question. 